0: Well, that's not just a a beautiful song, but a song that really just uh, lends itself quite well, really captures the heart of this brand new series that we're starting today uh, called The Elephant in the Room. You know, Jesus uh, had a vision for his followers uh, to be in community together, a community that was defined by humility and grace and vulnerability and mercy and, and truth. And, and yet, gosh, I don't know if this is the case for you, but it is so much easier just to avoid all the hard stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, to hide behind a polite smile, to not be so approachable that somebody might be willing to point out your messes, um, and to to never rock the boat enough to point out somebody else's um, messes. Uh, you know, so often we avoid the elephant in the room and just train our eyes to not even See it like it's not even there. Um, Now, uh, I didn't introduce myself earlier. Uh, My name is Andy. I'm privileged to be the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. A special welcome uh, to those of you who are uh, newer or visiting today. Are really really glad that you're here. Uh, But for those of you not familiar with the expression, the elephant in the room. Here's the idea: if if there were an elephant in the room, say a big pink elephant. It would be impossible to overlook, wouldn't it? I mean, it would. Uh, Well, when something is referred to as the elephant in the room, it's an obvious truth that is either being ignored or has been left unaddressed. It may be the obvious problem that nobody wants to risk bringing up or discussing. Maybe it's, it's that big issue that that nobody really wants to deal with but instead would rather just avoid because it's embarrassing or it's awkward or because there's a fear that if you bring it up then you could come across uh, and, uh, as mean or push uh, somebody further away in a relationship or cause somebody to be angry with you or, or any other variety of reasons why we don't bring it up. Uh, on a light hearted level it 's the awkward situation you might find yourself in when you're you're chatting with a group of friends, uh, but there 's this one guy who just has something stuck in his teeth uh, but But nobody is going to say anything about it. Uh, everybody knows it, but they don 't want to risk the embarrassment of of pointing it out. Uh, other light hearted elephants include uh, your coworker's fly being down oh we 've all been there. Uh, or, or uh, the lady coming out of the bathroom with a trail of toilet paper behind her, it's stuck on her feet, or stuck like down in her pants of her dress, or, or, uh, y- y- or, or your professor's toupee is like crooked and. And that really happened to me in a seminary class once. Like, nobody learned a thing that day. Because uh, we were all like, what, should we say something or should we not? It's like there's just a big gap right there. But uh, it's awkward, it's embarrassing. Everybody thinks, well, he'll just figure it out eventually, and it's it's not that big of a deal anyway. Uh, but what if what if the issue was a big deal? You know, some... Obvious problems that everyone uh, avoids, uh, tiptoes around or overlooks because they, they fear if they bring it up that they might come across as mean or strain a relationship or make somebody really angry or hurt the person uh, that, that kind of the issue is with at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know the situations. You, you live them. It's like no, nobody, nobody confronts mom about her overbearing personality because, gosh, nobody, nobody wants to rock the boat. Uh, everybody tiptoes around uh, your brother's alcoholism because you know if you bring it up, man, he's going to snap. He's going to go off. You know, there, maybe there's this unspoken collective agreement to ignore the harmful behavior of that one rude person in the church because, well, that's just the way she is. Or, or that uh, you're, you settle for a marriage that lacks intimacy because uh, you don't want to come across as a nag to your spouse. Or that that person in your journey group that God is just making uh, very obvious poor decisions that are just wreaking havoc in, in their life self-destructive, but nobody says anything because well, what if he doesn't come back or try this one your pastor is wearing a Nike shirt after all the controversy this week, and, and you're thinking man what is he What's he thinking? Is he trying to make some political statement or something? Well, let me just address this elephant straight on. Here's the only statement I'm trying to make with this shirt. Bear down, Chicago Bears beat the Packers tonight. It's kickoff Sunday. But here's the point. Whether the subject matter is, all right, yeah, St. Louis doesn't have a team. Uh, well, oh, wait, Mizzou is St. Louis's team, right? Is that what they say? Nah. Nah. Uh, Well, whether the subject matter is embarrassing to talk about or socially taboo uh, or simply a sensitive topic, these elephants, they they largely go unaddressed, don't they? Uh, And and we hope that someday, somehow, this person is just going to figure it out and that they'll recognize the truth. But most times they don't. And, And the results can be disastrous for relationships. It is a big deal. But nobody's willing to risk bringing it up. In their book, uh, Boundaries, Face to Face, I highly recommend the book. Uh, it's maybe about ten years old now, uh, but Doctors Henry Cloud and John Townsend suggest that many of us live in a couple different worlds in our relationships. Uh, one, w- in one world, we uh, kind of have the, the the friendly, non-confrontational, surface-level relationships where everything is just hidey-ho, neighbor, uh, and then then, then in the other world, though, we have you know, the ongoing conflictual uh, relationships where somebody is always being torn up or, or things are just getting uh, disturbed because of all the conflict. And, and in the first world, we, we have connection without truth. But in the other world, we, we have truth, but no connection, no intimacy. And believe it or not, this is uh, very similar to the life of a hedgehog. You you heard me correctly. Uh, A hedgehog, uh, especially a hedgehog uh, during the winter. Uh, If you've never seen them, uh, hedgehogs are spiny little creatures. They look like little porcupines, uh, but but are uh, cuter. Uh, But winter months, uh, winter months are rough for hedgehogs. Uh, Imagine it. Uh, Things get cold for the hedgehog, and so what do they do? They 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 nestle up. They start to cuddle with one another. You know, share body heat. And, and, and then guess what happens? They prick each other. They, they, it hurts. Their, their spines kind of uh, touch the sensitive spots when they're nestling and trying to cuddle. And so, so what do they do? They, they immediately separate from each other. They move away from one another. And then guess what happens? They get cold. Uh, they, they, they start to freeze. And so, so there's this, this weird little uh, hedgehog dance that, that happens between getting close and staying uh, far enough apart to not get hurt. Prickly little hedgehogs, they can't win in the winter. And, and we're like that too, aren't we? Except it's not just the winter. Uh, when we get too close to one another, we end up pricking each other. But if we avoid community, if we avoid um, uh, intimacy, we, we miss out on real connection, uh, real intimacy with others, which God created us. You know, God, God doesn't want us to, to merely have shallow relationships where everything is hunky-dory and never, never go deep with one another. Neither does God uh, long for us to have relationships that are defined uh, by, by constant conflict. And instead, because of God's great love for us, God has a vision for our relationships uh, to, to be uh, ones of, of truth and connection, truth and intimacy, uh, truth and love where where they are, where they meet where they're not enemies where where they don't just simply coexist with each other but they thrive because of each other. And in these relationships uh, elephants in the room are aren't avoided they're confronted confronted with as the bible describes truth in love. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 15 describes how we are to become more And more like Jesus in this way. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, Speaking the truth in love, we will, in all things, grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. The the way to grow up into him is by speaking the truth in love. But learning to speak the truth in love, um, that is, for our purposes, these next few weeks healthily confronting the elephants in the room gosh it isn't easy it's it's difficult we all have horror stories uh, of this in fact if we're honest most of us avoid confronting these kinds of relational problems around us like the plague Uh, but it but it is my hope, my prayer my goal really for today is that you will at least want to confront the elephants and engage in those difficult conversations. It's my goal that, that by the time we leave here this morning, that that you and I will actually desire to confront the elephants in our relationships. Not out of some warped craving to uh, get even or, or seek revenge on somebody else or to cause harm to somebody or to fix uh, another person or hurt them, but but because of the amazing benefits of taking on such difficult conversations consider the apostle paul uh, a follower of jesus in the early church he started many churches in the uh, area around the the mediterranean sea and then he would travel he would spend a couple years uh, in, in places uh, with people uh, build them up start start a, a faith community and then he move on to the next place but but he never forgot the people that he left he he would correspond through letters uh, letters which many have been preserved and, and have become uh, kind of the, the core, the foundation of our the New Testament of the Bible. And, and some of these letters that Paul wrote were full of joy and encouragement, and we turn to them uh, when, when we're going through a difficult time and we're like, yes, God, speak to my heart, like books like uh, uh, Philippians or First Thessalonians. These are letters that were just so full of joy. Uh, but then some of the letters... Uh, were a little more difficult to write, uh, or at least portions of them. I and mean, uh, Galatians was not an easy one for Paul to write, I'm sure. And, and, and take, for instance, uh, some of Paul's correspondence with the Corinthian church. Uh, the church in Corinth, man, they had all kinds of issues. Um, issues that were very difficult for them to, uh, to work on and figure out and, and relate to. Um, and, and there are issues that would still be a challenge for us facing today. And, and uh, in the Corinthian church, we see them having issues uh, around money, uh, around sex, uh, around theology, around sin, uh, around marriage, and and much, much more. And Paul engaged uh, the, the Corinthian church on each of these issues. Uh, he didn't shy away from any of it. He, he went right for it. And Paul engaged them. Uh, and at some point during his correspondence with these new followers of Jesus, uh, we, we, we learn from reading the text that, that Paul had to write a very challenging confrontational letter to the Corinthians. We actually don't have that letter as a part of our scriptures. Uh, it was lost somewhere along the way or wasn't included in the, the canon of scripture. But what we do have is Paul's follow-up letter to that difficult letter. Um, and he references back to it. He, he did in the scripture passage that was shared to that Jackie read earlier. Uh, and and that follow up letter is Second Corinthians um, in the Bible. Now, don't be misled. First Corinthians wasn't the difficult letter. There was something that came in between, uh, one and a half Corinthians. I don't know. But uh, uh, but uh, but Paul references this difficult letter in uh, chapter two. Uh, just just hear this real quick. He said. Uh, I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. And even Paul, who who we'll see, never really shied away from confrontation and difficult conversation. Uh, He didn't really look forward to doing it. Uh, It was hard for him to write a rebuking letter, Uh, and it caused him anguish, he shares. It it caused him, he shed many tears, and yet he did. He confronted the elephants in the room, and he did so out of a heart of love. And and if you don't understand anything else uh, from uh, this teaching, this uh, message this morning, understand this. Healthily confronting the elephants in your life it has to be done out of deep love. If it doesn't come from a heart of, of love, um, then, then it's not going to help anything. Uh, if you confront the elephants in your life with any other motivation, it's not going to do any good. It's, this isn't like the Maury Povich show. Uh, where, where people are confronting each other to get revenge or to satisfy themselves or to go on some power trip or to get child support or whatever it is that, that makes people want to go uh, on the Maury Povich show. Uh, confronting the elephants in your relational life, it has to be done out of a foundation of love. And if you do it with that motivation, then there are many, many benefits. Um, Paul speaks about the benefits of Uh, that came from his own courage to write that rebuking letter to the Corinthians. And I just want to highlight a couple of verses of the scripture passage that was read earlier uh, from chapter 7. Paul said, I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged. In in all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. A little bit later, verse 8, he said, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. And then Paul actually goes on to talk about some of the benefits that they received from his writing this letter. But the point that I, uh, that I want to share is this. Um, having the courage to confront the elephants in your relationships, in your life, it has great benefits for you, uh, for the person that you are engaging, for the community and all the other relationships that your relationship touches and affects. And even if it causes pain and temporary hurt, it can yield great good um, and will not, uh, great good that will not occur unless you have the courage to begin to confront those elephants. Uh, So Cloud and Townsend speak of some of the practical benefits of having these difficult kinds of conversations. I'm not going to share all of them, uh, but I do want to share some of what they bring up because I think, uh, I think it's important to know as you're considering those challenging conversations that God is maybe tugging on your heart that you know you need to have. Um, It's important for you to know the payoff in advance uh, for stepping out of your comfort zone and having these conversations, even though you risk embarrassment or uh, rejection or potentially come across as mean. Um, And I encourage you, definitely follow along in your notes um, uh, this morning, your message notes. Um, They're kind of bulleted there for you. Uh, but I, I know many of our fears when confronting uh, the elephant or confronting an obvious problem uh, that you see in a relationship is, is that that person is either going to get really mad or that they could just walk away from the relationship uh, altogether. I mean, that's that's a, a legitimate fear. A- and in fact, though, if you are willing to healthily confront the elephant, then what it is it's actually preserving love you know oftentimes the elephant is such an important issue that it can undermine a relationship so confronting it protects love Uh, it's it's not harming it it's protecting it 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 might harm the false unity that's there but that's not love false unity isn't love Uh, it it, it confronting it protects love um A good confrontation can preserve a relationship. I love what the Bible has to say about this and the wisdom of the Proverbs says this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, a friend will risk hurting you to save you because he or she loves you, but someone who flatters you without really being honest, is no friend at all. Confronting the elephant preserves love. Uh, Oftentimes when there's an unresolved problem in a relationship, whether it's between two people or a group of people, uh, the problem can begin to uh, cause people to do the, the hedgehog dance and distance themselves from one another. Uh, they, uh, people uh, begin to guard their hearts to protect themselves uh, against the the pain caused by whatever that problem is between them. They become disconnected. Uh, their hearts become calloused and cold and and disconnected uh, and closed off from one another. Uh, and really, you, you know, you've experienced this. That there's no this is no good for a healthy relationship. So confronting the elephant actually brings has the potential to bring disconnected people back together. It resolves alienation. It, it values the relationship more than the pain caused from confronting the issue at hand. And, and having the difficult conversation is the first step to to begin to bring people back together. And here's another benefit. Uh, many times when unresolved uh, problems fester, uh, you begin to feel hopeless. Hopeless that, that anything can actually change, that there could be some positive change, that it could get better. Uh, but when you finally get the courage to confront the elephant, what it does is it empowers change to happen. It's like a breath of fresh air, what I felt when I stepped outside this morning. I said, oh, this is great. It is football season. And, and you know, it's like a breath of fresh air when things are out in the open. It's like there's a freedom in that. And now you can actually work on the real problem. Uh, rather than just tiptoeing, dancing around, it and avoiding it forever, you can intentionally work toward God's transforming potential to change. Uh, closely related is another benefit. I know for uh, for my own self, um, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to anybody. It is difficult. There, there are some elephants and relationships in my life that that I would just like to avoid, and in many cases have, um, and. But, but I know a lot of times when I choose to ignore the elephant in the room, what I'm doing is I'm just hoping the problem goes away. You do this too, don't you? You're just hoping, oh, I just hope it resolves itself. And then it never does, does it? it, like, it it's, it's like the elephant in the room, uh, when we avoid it, it just eats more and more and gets bigger and bigger. And, <laughs> and it never goes away. It only gets worse. So confronting the elephant uh, helps to solve problems. Uh, you can't solve a problem until it's brought out into the open. Uh, closely, uh, another, another benefit, confronting the elephant uh, also fuels growth. And, and, you know, one of the reasons why community, community life in the church is so vital, uh, so important uh, for our spiritual journey can be illustrated this way. Uh, a mentor of mine um, uh, taught me a long time ago that your true self uh, isn't what you see in the mirror. I mean, that's kind of your perception of yourself. Uh, your true self is like right back there where you, you can't quite see it. It's in, in your blind spot. You know, you can kind of look around in the mirror, but you can't quite see your, your true self. And so the importance of Christian community is, is, is having people around you who can lovingly help you see what you can't see about yourself. So if you're in a relationship with someone, say your spouse or a close friend, maybe somebody in in a journey group, when when you have the courage to confront the elephant or point out something that's in the blind spot, it fuels growth for that person. Uh, Your confrontation may be just the the loving wake-up call that 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 person needed. It may affirm something that, that they wondered about. That they, that, that they could see the effects of but really couldn't see themselves and, and, yet, and were kind of afraid to possibly admit to themselves. It may actually bring relief to someone who's been unable to see an area that needs growth in their lives. Your courage to confront the elephant can actually fuel that kind of growth. And, and the truth of the matter is, if we're aware of an elephant in the room but we ignore it, We're just contributing to the problem itself. Um, If we truly care about the other person or care about uh, the community that we're a part of uh, and the relationships that we have, then, then we have a responsibility to, in truth and love, confront the elephant. Because if we don't, if instead we, we just tiptoe around the problem, if we continue to make excuses why we don't say anything because, gosh, it's not really going to make much of a difference anyway and it's just going to cause problems, and, uh, then, then we're actually helping to enable the problem to, to breed and to thrive. Well, we're a part of it. So by confronting the elephant, we're doing our part. It, it stops the enabling. And sometimes all it takes is one person to lovingly speak the truth. And you can, you can sleep well at night, um, even if it has caused temporary waves in your life. You can sleep well at night knowing that you've done what you can do to address the problems. Uh, here's, here's one final benefit by, of confronting the elephant. It's not in your notes, um, but really is the, the foundation, the reason why uh, we're, we're having this message series through the rest of this month. The elephant in the room. Whatever it is thrives when when it's not acknowledged. It's almost like um, the elephant is kind of back there hiding in a in a dark corner uh, until the the light shines on it. And it'll remain there forever, looming just over entire relationships, generations in some cases. So, so when you confront the elephant, it's like you're, you're shining the light of Christ into a dark corner. Uh, now, the Bible says that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we want God's light to come into an area of sin, or brokenness, or pain, or fear, or whatever it is that that elephant represents in our lives, then, then we need to expose it. We need to tie it up on a, on a leash and, and drag it out of the corner and shine the light of Christ on it. That's the only way that, that hope and healing can be achieved. And that's why we're having this series, to help the light of Christ shine into some of the more important areas of our lives that, that we tend to want to tiptoe around and avoid uh, in order to bring hope and healing. And, and there are, uh, These are just some of the many benefits of, of working up the courage to confront the elephant's in our lives, in our relationships. Uh, Of course, just because you know the benefits uh, does not mean that you are equipped to have the conversations. So uh, you might have the best of intentions and just fail miserably with the way you go about it. Uh, uh, And we're going to get into some specifics, maybe how to approach these conversations a little bit in the coming weeks. Uh, But I also am planning on sharing some A brief insights, just some uh, rules of thumb, some almost like ground rules uh, for approaching elephants and relationships in your life. Just uh, briefly in a Facebook Live event uh, this Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. If you can't tune in then, uh, feel free. You can uh, check back and and see it later. And we'll try to share it on the the Troy uh, Facebook page too. But feel free to to friend me if that's something that you might be interested in, just uh, some rules of thumb for confronting elephants. Uh, But for now, I want to make an invitation and leave you with a question. Um, the invitation, first, is to be a part of the best training ground for confronting elephants in your life. And that is Christ-like community. Uh, journey groups are, are the Christ-like community in our church. And, and you get to know others, gosh, you have to learn the, the hedgehog dance. You know, the dance between warmth and intimacy and prickliness. And, and, and yes, uh, you, you will get pricked when you engage in relationships, even within the church. It happens because we're like really big hedgehogs. <laughs> and, and, and that happens. And yet, if we, if we don't uh, remain connected, if we don't get connected, then, then we miss out on opportunities for growth and opportunities for deep intimacy that god created us for um and now is the perfect time to join a journey group many many launch in the next couple of weeks and there will be a leaders and and curriculum and sign-up sheets in the back please don't miss this opportunity uh i don't want you to to miss out on on what true intimacy and community can mean and and don't think you probably aren't going to get pricked on the first day okay all right it's there'll be a little bit of a uh, a, a respite from that for a while, most likely. But, uh, uh, but maybe a stepping stone to community uh, uh, for you. Maybe you're not ready for a journey group. Uh, maybe you're, you'd be more interested in a dinner group that's a little more casual, a little more laid back, just a handful of people, a dinner once a month for a few uh, months the rest of this year. Uh, today is the last Sunday to sign up for those. Uh, if you uh, missed today or you're watching online, you can still sign up for the next few days. But uh, uh, this is the last Sunday to do that. So I hope you'll take advantage of that today. But here's the question that I want to leave you with. What if? What if you got up the courage to confront the elephants in the relationships in your life? That was just a part of the way you followed Jesus and lived life is you you were willing to engage in the more difficult conversations. What if? Uh, maybe, maybe that's too big of a step. First, what, what, if, what if you actually confronted that one big elephant in a really important relationship? Say, say with your mom or your brother or your spouse or, or a boss or, or maybe a friend in, in your journey group. What could that do for your relationship? I, I tell you what, not confronting the elephant is doing you no good. You're missing out on, on the healing and the hope and the true intimacy that, that God could bring to those relationships. And furthermore, your relationship is just going to re- remain on a surface level, lacking intimacy, uh, until until you decide in your heart that you're willing to risk it. And I love what Alcohol, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, says and, and trains uh, folks in is that that the, that when change the change uh, when The pain of real change won't happen until the pain of changing is less than the pain of remaining the same. And, And I hope that the pain of remaining the same today has been stirred up enough and that that pain is too great for you just to not engage the elephants in your life. Because the truth is, God loves you so much. He has a vision for your relationships to be life-giving, life-breathing, deeply transforming relationships where, where both truth and love reign together and mutually reinforce each other. And, and these, these types of relationships, they don't ignore the elephants. And the great news is is you can have those kinds of relationships if you're willing to risk the comfortable, uh, safe connections and trade those in for real, intimate truth and grace-filled conversations. And in the coming weeks, we're going to address some of those elephants in the, in the church room. Uh, uh, things like uh, uh, destructive behaviors or marriage problems or, or uh, spiritual masks. And I just want to encourage you uh, to pray about uh, which week you need to absolutely not miss. And maybe people in your life who you would like to kind of bring on your elbow uh, one of these Sundays or share the video with. Uh, because I I really believe that God can bless you and draw each of us and our community out of our comfort zones for the sake of truth and intimacy as we confront the elephants in the room but let's pray together in fact let's stand together to pray Uh, God Almighty Father Son Holy Spirit gosh Lord we desperately need you if we're going to confront the elephants in our lives And we believe, Father, that you you want us to have meaningful relationships that are defined by grace and truth. I mean, Jesus, really, you modeled that for us when you walked this earth. And we long for that type of honesty. We long for that type of intimacy in our relationships. But, Lord, confronting the elephants is a scary prospect. So, Holy Spirit, would you fill us first with a, a vision for, for what our relationships really can be if we risk rejection or, or awkward tension or somebody's anger and be willing to, to speak the truth in love. Lord, would you fill us with, with the courage to confront the elephants in our relationships, not to cause hurt or to get revenge or to fix somebody else, but, but out of a deep love for people and for our relationships with them. And Father if, if after today oh goodness I mean we've all just been thinking about how we're going to confront the elephants and others but, but Lord after today if somebody comes to us and confronts us with an elephant Lord would you give us the grace and humility to listen with an open heart and a non-defensive spirit knowing that, that this might be the one way that you want to get our attention, and that you're delivering the message through someone who loves us deeply as you love us. Lord, we pray this all in the name of Jesus who risked rejection and risked anger in order to confront the biggest elephant in the room, our brokenness.